Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, we're back. Another episode of Processing Blue. You guys kicked me out of the club for a few weeks. I hadn't been around. People were asking, am I still involved? I thought I was like, you know, not one of the cool guys anymore. You're, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're always too cool. Older. That's what it is. Sorry, we're, Scott. We're glad well. you're messing with us again. We we like that. We were we're afraid like that you had you you had you know gone off on your all your uh, wonderful projects and weren't weren't going to play with us anymore. So we're glad we're glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be back. And uh, shout out to Mike K, our compatriot. He's going to be out for a while. Had a little injury. Uh, so Mike, you know, get better soon. Get back soon. These guys will have you back. I'll have you back. Uh, but there was a big press conference today, Scott. Um, you know, the Panthers introduced new general manager, Dan, and the new head coach, Dan Morgan and uh, Dave Canales. Uh, what are your thoughts to the press conference? It seemed to me like the Panthers won the press conference. They may not have won the season, but they won the press conference. Yeah, you could probably say they got a victory today in the press conference, I'd say. Uh, Dave Canales, uh, my first time seeing him, meeting him today, like the majority of people who were in that building and, and watching it probably. Uh, very charismatic, I thought. Uh, obviously, knows how to speak, knows how to win a crowd over. I was just looking at the room sometimes when he spoke, and and uh, it was really uh, electric at times. I mean, he choked up when he mentioned his wife. He sounded very passionate. Uh, Dan Morgan, of course, I've been around for, for a really long time, so I know how he is, but Canalis was all new to me, so thought they did a, a nice job in the press conference. David Tepper did not speak. Maybe that's a wise move. You know, maybe it kept the focus on the coach and the GM. Yeah, uh, Mr. Tepper told the Associated Press, they asked him, is he going to be involved? He says he's in the background now. So I will see, you know, where that leads or, or heads. But that, that's, that was his quote to the Associated Press. Alex, the Panthers got a lot younger. Uh, you know, they've had older coaches. Now they have a younger coach. You're a younger guy. Did you like seeing that that youthful energy in the room from Canales? I will say that his youthful energy did come across. It was very palpable, as well, you might say. I think another thing that was different, perhaps, from him than his predecessors was he was able to boil down what his brand of football is in a way that the layperson can understand, in a way that I don't, I'm not sure Matt Rule could. I'm not sure Frank Wright could. Um, he said things that all coaches say, the platitudes like, I don't like synonyms. We're going to be aligned and we're going to, uh, you know, the, the cliches of we're all going to be the same message. We're all going to have the same language and mm. that's fine. But there are, there were many ways that he showed that he was 42 years old and he's been doing it prior to the introductory press conference. He was, very active online on social media interacting with the fans something that uh i think a lot of fans appreciated but were cautiously optimistic about like hey are you going to be this positive if the season doesn't go super well in your first year um so there was that i actually tried to ask him about his online presence at the end of 
the press conference. It was kind of a long-winded question. He didn't exactly express why or how or if he's going to continue being such an online presence. But um, in any case, that's who this guy is, and that came it came across. It'd be interesting to see if he stays online. He would that today, you know, let's win today every day if they're going two or fifteen. Scott, uh, the Panthers hired a, a Brian Tillis yesterday. They got Dan Morgan in. They have their front office settled. It looks like they're trying to duplicate the 49ers. What do you think now about this front office as compared to the best of past Panthers front offices? Hard to tell yet. I mean, I don't really even know Brant Tillis yet. And uh, I think all front offices ultimately are not judged by their flow chart. They're judged by the talent they acquire. And that's where I thought, Dan Morgan made some really good points today uh, that basically you could boil down in four words. And what he said was, we need some dogs. Uh, we need, so he needs, they need more players. That's the, that's the thing they didn't have last year, among other things, but really they were less talented than almost every team they went out there against. And that, of course, now that's an indictment some, in, in, to some extent of Dan Morgan, because he was there as the assistant GM with Scott Fitterer, but, now it's his it's his charge to to make that talent better and to figure out with uh, the others how to figure out these contracts and stuff. But the that's what I remember as much as anything about this press conference was Dan Morgan sort of invoking the names of the Panthers' past, some of the greats. Uh, you know that they just need some more really talented, really competitive players, the Moose Sin Muhammad's and Jonathan Stewart's and Luke Keekley's of the world. Um, I mentioned all those names specifically, and that's where I, I, I thought that was interesting that he, and he also said, nobody fears our logo anymore. And, uh, we need that. We need to get that back. Nobody fears the logo. And when you go two and 15, that's correct. Nobody fears the logo. <laughs> and what? I mean, just great football talk all around. Correct. Nobody fears the logo. Uh, yeah. What do you do? To, what do you do, though, guys, to try to get free agents to come in here it, when you are two or fifteen and you are on your, you know, another football coach and so many? What do you do to to attract guys? You can cut the check, but it's got to be a little bit more than that, right? Well, I think you know the check goes a long way, and playing time goes a long way. Yeah, and you know people always bet on themselves. I mean, Dave Canales just walked into what what has been a coaching graveyard. He doesn't care. He thinks he's the guy who's going to be able to turn it around, you know, and I'm sure players, they bet on themselves the whole life, their whole lives. They're going to, they'll do the same thing to a degree, but it is going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to, to find, you know, the, all the diamonds in the rough that they need. What do you think, Alex? No, I largely agree. You find a new coach, you find a new GM, hopefully hire them at the same time. Hopefully that, promotes some alignment, which is a word that we heard all much today. And uh, and then you let the head coach hire his staff, hire his guys. Dave Canales has hired a whole bunch of people he's worked with previously. Uh, it's expected that the offensive coordinator is going to be former uh, Tampa Bay Bucks receivers coach Brad Idzik. It, uh, he's got a couple other offensive assistants coming up. Uh, uh, who have previously worked under him. So, like, that is what you do to compel people here. Say, hey, this is a new Carolina Panthers. The question everybody wants to know is, is the defensive coordinator coming back? Did you guys get any clarification on that, Scott? No, it sounds like he probably will, uh, but they, they're not saying uh, 100% yet. But, yeah, I would I would certainly bet that uh, Vera will be back. Uh, 
Dave Canales called him, quote, a huge piece of what we're trying to do here. And, uh, you know, reading between the lines, it certainly sounded like that was the case, but they're not quite ready to announce it. And then that will probably mean that there may be a couple of other defensive staff people that will that will be back to Dave Canales, of course, is going to call the plays. And that's even though he's going to have another guy as offensive coordinator, Canales calling the plays will, you know, that will be significant because, of course, he needs to he needs to figure out Bryce Young. They got to solve Bryce the Bryce Young problem, and that I know is Alex kind of what you've addressed a little bit today. Oh yeah, uh, I we talked about this a little bit offline, but Dave the Dave Canales formula for figuring out these quarterbacks, at least is how we said it in today's introductory press conference, was adjusting to the personnel he has and maximizing that. So I have a full quote in front of me that he says, it's pretty bulky, I won't use the whole thing, but in summary it says, I want him, as in Bryce Young, to be the best version of himself. That's the same approach that I've taken since I've been coaching the position in the NFL, and that's really the approach I want to take with him. Some of the other things that come to mind, thinking about the quarterbacks that I've worked with, we are going to become what Bryce is great at in the past game, end quote. And so what exactly is that? That means being creative. That means getting the ball out quickly. That means trusting that Bryce can be this guy who processes things at the line of scrimmage uh, and like kind of make reads and all these things that we've heard scouts rave about when he was coming up as a draft prospect. If, if Canales says we are going to grow to the capacity that he can handle is quote, mm-hmm. that you got to let Bryce be Bryce. Scott, um, I think Bryce has always been his best. At, Mike K talks about this all the time, the off-script plays, when he's kind of improvising out there. He did it in colleges, and he, he had some flashes at it, it with the Panthers. But going back to your dog's comment, don't they have to bring in some more dogs for Bryce to really be Bryce? Oh, gosh, yes. That's the, that's that's where they got to go. You know, first and foremost, they got to fix the offense and I mean, to me, there's about they can they need about at least five new starters. I'd start with two wide receivers, a couple of new offensive linemen, and probably a tight end. Those five, to me, if you give him even four, uh, he's gonna at least have has some more chances. I thought another interesting comment uh, Canales made today about Bryce Young was this this very uh, significant time, two point seven seconds that the ball has got to be out in that much time or less for Bryce Young to be effective. And that's, you know, very uh, NFL teams chart this. And you know what Bryce threw it at, like, average last year, something like 2.8 seconds. So, I mean, we're talking about a tenth of a second. Right. But that tenth of a second, he thinks, is significant. Uh, I think they'll, you know, it, yeah, if you get some more playmakers around him. He's, I think he that's great to say, Scott, but those guys have to be open at 2.7. I know. Right. They weren't open in 2.7 or 4.7 a lot of times. Well, and what was the biggest critique of this offense all year? That they couldn't convert down the field. They couldn't throw the ball down the field. How are you going to be Patrick Mahomes, who's standing and dancing in the backfield for five, six, seven seconds and just at least a couple years ago, just chucking it up, praying that Tyree kills there? I mean, that's not something. That's not a benefit that Bryce Young has. Yeah, not well, yet, not yet. They got to find the speed receiver is one of the things that you know they're not going to. DJ Chark won't be back, but they'll have to 
figure out a speed receiver for Bryce. Uh, Thielen will be back, and that'll be a good safety valve. But you got to get some explosive guys in here. And so a couple that, more. That second round pick, you use it on a receiver. I think so. Yeah, that'd be my that'd be what I I'd prefer. Yeah. Do you guys think Icky Aquino? And I'll start with Alex. It, Mike has always told me that he thinks Icky might have to move into guards. Scott talked about they need another offensive lineman. Do you think Aquino, Alex? needs to move inside or stay out where he is and give him another year. Well, if you do that, then you have to find – then that Whatever just makes tackle. another problem. You need to find another left tackle. Um, Austin Corbett, as we've talked about, of course, he's rehabbing. It's funny, just a brief aside, I asked that all offensive linemen were there at the introductory press conference cool. today, and I asked, hey, why is that important to this unit to be there for, Dave, for Dave's uh, – introductory remarks and Austin just kind of chuckles and was like well we're all hurt right now and so we're all in the facility rehabbing and I just thought about it and I was like oh yeah this sure. offensive line definitely was injured this year I mean sure. think about Chandler Zavala think about uh, Brady Christensen think about Austin Corbett who didn't finish the season um so that was that was interesting but um if when you look at the talent on this offensive line you cannot forget that they were at one point really good and stalwart at this like ground and pound kind of off. They were good at it last year, a few times it, at the end of the year, and so and it it only came in this zone blocking sort of uh, scheme came into place where their weaknesses were kind of shown. Well, so if you if you, if, get, if you get under center a little bit and you run the ball a little bit, you play action pass a little bit, you might get to two point seven seconds where somebody can get open and, and you're not on your back. And that, and that goes to Dave Canales playing and adjusting toward his personnel. Yeah. All right, guys. Alex, I'll stay with you. Uh, Dan Campbell turned the, the Lions three years from awful to Super Bowl. Do you? Is there anything that you saw today that made you think the Panthers could be on any type of similar trajectory? Even well, first of all, he wasn't quite in the Super Bowl now. Let's not go quite that I mean, far. One short. I'm sorry. Tim, <laughs> I'm sorry. One short. Well, one could argue that he, uh, the Lions should be in the Super Bowl if some like crazy. Take a field goal. Yeah, I mean, well, firstly those decisions, and then you got to involve some crazy uh, divine power coming in and just completely helping the 49ers to yeah. that. But um, to your point, I think the ultimate question is: Do the Panthers afford Canales that much time? I mean, Campbell in his second season. Ended up with a decent record, like nine and eight or something, but he started one and six in well, the second year. Well, and so, if Canales, it's reported that Canales has a six year contract. Mm -hmm. And so that reflects the fact that, hey, we're, we believe in this guy. We're, we want to keep him around for a long time. Well, um, but will he get that much time? That is still up for debate and something that Scott Fowler has written a lot about. Scott, do you think he'll get time to, to do this? And can he turn it around in a Dan Campbell-like fashion? Uh, well, you know, that would be the hope. Uh, they The six-year contract is somewhat significant in that, that he'll get paid for that if he doesn't have time. But, of course, Matt Rule had a seven-year contract, lasted two and a third, and Frank Reich had a four-year contract and lasted 11 games. So the contract length is just more protecting the coach if if you get fired early. I do think Langston they'll give him at least two years. I, I think they're they're done with the one and done model. That doesn't work. So I think he'll at least have two. If they show some prog progress, maybe three. 
Um, and then beyond that, you know, they probably need to make the playoffs by that third year to work to continue. Now, uh, can they return it around? Well, if you look at what happened in Detroit, they had an absolutely incredible draft last year. And I think the year before too, they've turned it around with young guys. I mean, they have just a, an extraordinary collection of talent. And if you just look at the drafts and that, so that's where it's got to happen. I mean, even without the number one overall pick, you can make a lot of hay in the draft and they're, they're going to have to do that. Scott, you wrote a book. I mean, you wrote about uh, Coach Canales' book this week. He was uh, very introspective, you know, issues with infidelity with, with he and his wife. Um, talk about the book. You read it in full, and, you know, were you able to talk to Coach at all about the book? The book is called This Marriage, with a question mark, and uh, it was co-written by Dave and Lizzie Canales, his wife. They've been together now in one way or another for 20 years, so mm -hmm. they're long-term relationships. They have four children. Um, it is not your typical book written by an NFL head coach, and that's why I wrote a long column about it, because it does describe these marital problems in uh, incredible depth, really, I would say. Um, you just don't hear this sort of vulnerability or honesty coming from an NFL head coach who, if they're making mistakes, and of course everyone does, uh, generally are happy to sweep those under the rug or at least not broadcast them. In this case, Dave Canales uh, speaks of his multiple infidelities, his addiction to pornography, his binge drinking, all that's in there. So when I was read it all in one sitting and about every other page, I was like, oh my gosh, he put that in there too? So that all that to say is, um, no, I didn't talk to him beforehand. However, I did talk to some intermediaries, and I understand and I know that Dave Canales was okay with that story being written because you don't write a book like that if you don't think it's going to be written. And so you understand that's going to follow you around. And he felt it was important enough to get it out there. And really, they did it to help struggling married, you know, married couples. They that's what they did. It's a Christian book, very faith-based. And so, I mean, I thought it was, you know, as I, as I learned more about it, I thought it was courageous. And look, he got his dream job anyway, even after uh, admitting all these things. And, you know, he can be his authentic self now. He's not he's not trying to cover anything up, that's for sure. And Charles, a big Christian town, a lot of church-going people. I just, you know, I think he'll probably find a, a large fan base amongst that, that crowd for sure. Um, uh, Alex and Scott, before we get out of here, I want to ask one last question. Give me your three biggest takeaways from today, and Alex, you can go first. Three biggest takeaways from the press conference today. Well, number one, he is a fervent believer in Bryce Young. I know it's well, kind of an obvious one, but that was something that this head coach needed to be because the Panthers have tethered their fortunes to Bryce Young uh, after getting so much away well, for that number one overall pick last year. So that was clear. That was palpable. Two, I, I'm, I sound like I'm just repeating Scott from the beginning, but he was charismatic. He was fun. It was a very, it was very different when Dan Morgan took the um, microphone at first. He was very like grateful, but also still kind of in that I'm a linebacker, well, uh, a coach speak ish mode sort of thing. Whereas when Dave took the microphone, everyone just kind of woke up. So yeah. it's charisma for number two, and. Number three, he believes also in. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that he talked about talked so highly of um, EJ Everett, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, 
he has kind of come in and, and he got rid of James Campen, didn't retain Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, brought in all his new guys, but he is really excited about what EJ can bring to this defense. When- and that was a big question, particularly because EJ comes in, installs this new 3-4 scheme. It works. And yep. uh, and Canales saw it twice close up, and he wants to keep him around. So those are my three, Langston. Bryce Young, Charisma, EJ. Scott? I thought, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that Dan Morgan just basically saying, we got to get some more dogs, we got to get some more talent in here, that to me was – significant that they know where where they are right now is just not acceptable. I did think it was uh, interesting who didn't speak and that Dave Tepper, you know, I had my little thing. I've had a couple of little things with Dave Tepper uh, over the years. Well, there was no, there was no ignoring me at a press conference today. I asked the fourth question in the press conference, but I didn't ask it to David Tepper because no one was asking questions to Dave Tepper. He purposely kind of stayed away from, uh, from the microphone and you know i i get that uh and then other than that i guess i would just say that <laughs> every time i go through one of these that i've seen all seven of these head coaches the uh, mm-hmm. permanent head coaches get introduced this day always feels a little bit similar it feels like christmas it mm-hmm. feels hopeful people are opening presents getting to know people everything yeah. seems so positive and that's kind of refreshing around bank of america stadium right now been very few days like that you could feel people other employees and stuff just they wanted to work so badly Uh and so i don't know it just felt it was it was kind of like uh innocent i guess i would say i mean it feels like here we go again starting it over oh good we get to throw that old book away and here comes a new chapter and all that stuff that you say but um yeah it was a nice day it was a nice day well meanwhile out in vegas uh next week we have a super bowl game it's going to involve a few former panthers scott uh what do you think about the chiefs in the in the 49ers uh in that game what do you like i like the chiefs uh i just I, I i've given up on ever betting against patrick mahomes it was a lot like brady i mean you just Never pick against him in a big game. Well, uh, I like Mahomes as a player a lot better than Brady. He's just so he's such a likable guy. But as much as Steve Wilkes and Christian McCaffrey, I'd like to see it for both of them. Um, I don't think 49ers get that one done. I think that the I think Mahomes eventually no, no figures wings that Wilkes, no wings for Donald, no wings for twenty McCaffrey. No, okay. That's my that's my pick. But you know that I, that's why I don't gamble either. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say the Chiefs by about seven. Alex. Oh, I, I wish you would have given me this one first. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers. Go to 49ers. Okay. Yeah. Give, uh, give me Chris a score. Give, give me a score. Give me a score. Okay. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be high scoring. Uh, let's go. Let's go 35-31. 35. That was a. Pittsburgh Cowboys Super Bowl when I was a kid. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and give me and give me Christian McCaffrey going for two hundred all-purpose scrimmage yards. CMC with MVP. I I do not think he won MVP. I think Lamar Jackson did too much during the regular season. No, no, I mean the Super Bowl MVP. Oh, certainly. If the 49ers win, it's it's a Christian McCaffrey uh, MVP. Over under Taylor Swift sixty seconds under sixty seconds. It better be I over. Get, 
if the NFL does me good for him, it better be over. <laughs> With that pregame show and everything else, I, I'm hoping she comes up, you know, and does a cameo at halftime. I, I'm sure that won't well, happen. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, go out. What do you think, Langston? Who's going to win? Who are you picking? I'm picking the Chiefs. I think it's going to be 31-27, something like that. I think it will be a high-scoring game. I think uh, Mahomes will probably rally them. Um, he's just so good. Um, the, you know, they were struggling all year long. They, people, you know, there was some talk they might not even make the playoffs at one point. Um, and it just seemed like they had a different gear. You know, they couldn't find Kelsey for weeks and weeks and weeks. And Kelsey last week just has one of the best games you've ever seen. 11 targets, 11 catches. It's amazing. Um so I'm going with the Chiefs. Andy Reid's got a dynasty. I think it's good for football to have a dynasty. You know, you hate them, you love them, but they're just fun to watch. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, they're going to be celebrating another Super Bowl. And you're going to see Taylor Swift definitely after the game for sure. <laughs> with uh, Travis on the field. But look, guys, I appreciate you jumping on with us. All you guys out there, if you watch this on YouTube, make sure you hit that uh, subscription and make sure you hit the bell so every time we put out a podcast, you'll get a notice, notified. If you're checking us out on your podcast, we will be back, not every week, but make sure you uh, follow us so you can check us out when we do put out new episodes. Also, follow us at charlotteobserver.com. We're on all the social media accounts, and we'll catch you next time on Processing Blue.